Hi, welcome to the Ballet Nights podcast. I'm Nanda and I work at Southbank Centre. We're in the Riverside Terrace Cafe, catching up over a coffee about Alex's trip to Japan. Out of 10? I think definitely like a solid nine and a half. Like, I just enjoyed it so much. I'd recommend anyone to go if you can. So jealous. So back to Violet Nights. If it's your first listen, Violet Nights is an offline space for online conversations. We bring you top guests chatting about current topics affecting our generation. Previous Violet Nights events have included Children of the Wind Rush, Body Politics in an Age of Social Media, and most recently, Youth Homelessness. Tonight's event is all about being an independent DIY creative in the music business. Curated by London rapper novelist, it features him and his friends in the industry. I like to converse. I like to learn through conversation, and I feel like there are many other people in the world that are like me. Who are we going to hear from, Nanda? So we have Dom Droskar, who is a senior digital manager at Abbey Road Studios. Just so surreal to think that I'm now at the biggest music recording studio in the world. I'm also, you know, from a really small town in northern Poland. How, how am I here? Rinse, Grime and Drill, DJ, Oblig. I've got a Queens of the Stones tattoo on my leg. I was into it big. I was into Muse and Blur. And... Oh, I love a bit of Blur. Bro, who doesn't love a bit of Blur, man? Come on, man. And hosted by artist, producer and represent radio host Shemzy. I I like to class myself as a vocal expressionist. I sing, rap, present, and I talk a lot. Just before we start, remember you can join the conversation by using hashtag Fight Nights and at Southbank Centre on socials. But for now, let's get to the stage. Enjoy. What's going on, people? Everybody good? We good? I said everybody good? Sweet, sweet, sweet. So I want to ask my fellow panellists, what would you say embodies independence today in the entertainment business? Let's start from Nov. From the beginning of like when I decided I want to do music seriously, every day I wake up and I, and I say I want to do a certain amount of things, whether that was write a lyric, whether it was study someone who makes music, whether it was just listen to songs all day, my energy is being spent on where it is that I want to be. And um, part of getting to where I'm at now was literally just taking small, small steps. Like I remember I used to get on my pedal bike and ride to represent radio. I used to get on my pedal bike and ride to Rinse FM. Do you know what I'm saying? If I didn't have the money for public transport or... The, the gist of what I'm saying is the biggest artist in the world right now to the smallest artist, I feel like everybody's winging it. So I can't tell you do it this way or do it that way. But what I definitely can say is when you wake up, set a few things that you want to do and make sure that you get those things done. Even if that was, today I'm going to hoover my bedroom, I'm going to watch three YouTube videos on X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to wash the dishes. If you've done those three things that you said you was going to do, you're a successful person. And you're not necessarily going to get to the goal straight away, but if you're doing something towards it, incrementally, you're just going to find that, oh, my days, I'm here all of a sudden. Then you've got another goal, I'm here all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? That's my best advice. What about yourself, Oblique? Well, just to add on to that, it's just important to stay smart in a situation of control, right? Like, you can... For example, I think some people think being independent means you have to, like, not sign to a label. But there are certain situations where you can sign to a label and still retain control, where you can get things from them, but you can still be yourself. And I think it's just... Really, it's a case of making sure that you're, you're clever in the sense of looking at online trends. You know what I mean? It, it's not even necessarily like a, a school smart. Nipsey Hussle said, I'm not that smart, I just didn't quit. And that made me think a lot about 
being smart according to school system, you know, a school could basically judge you on something that is not necessarily for you. Like, so in terms of education, you have a unique story. Talk about that because it's yeah, interesting. My, my education, it took a weird path where I was really clever during high school, started smoking a lot of weed, stopped caring about school, just barely got through sixth form, right? A friend of mine was working in event management, got me an unpaid internship, just helping promote parties, sell tickets, you know. I did that unpaid. When I got to a year and a half, I said, right, can I start making some money now? And two weeks later, I got fired. And then I, I found a startup company on uh, Gumtree, and they were making playlists for people who owned yachts. But then I got bored, I went to New York, that's where things really started. Because I got out there and I noticed there was a gap in the market. There was no grime. Skepta had just blown up. And it was like he had opened the door. And it, and it was like, this is a moment. I need to take it. I started DJing in New York. I was just hustling, man. I was throwing these parties. I, I slowly became like the go-to person in New York for grime music. Where, where people ended up just hitting me up. Like, Little D hit me up from Roll D. Like, yo, I'm here. Can we do something? I'd set up a party. I'd set up some radio. I was the first person to bring AJ Tracy out to the US. We went on tour together. Like, Suspiro, Logan Sama. Like, I was involved in a lot of that. And then I came back to see my mum. <laughs> After, like, three years, I came to see her. And I just never went back because I got caught up in the grime energy, in it. Like, people didn't want to let me go, and uh, I'm still here. So you took a leap of faith. I took a leap of faith, man, because I had to. Because talent is literally just a head start. That's it. It's just it, a, it's, like you can be it's talented, just a little but head it's start, a question of how hard do you want it. Talent is not guaranteed to make you win the race. Yeah. You got to where you did by dropping out of uni in the first day, right? Your story is a little bit different. <laughs> I started fine art. Uh, I'm coming from a family of artists, and that was just like a, a norm. So visual, visual stuff. To think that I'm now at the biggest music recording studio in the world on the scene with the all of, all of with the all of you guys. It's just so surreal. It's mad because like why, how why did not it happen? To well, I'm also, you know, from a really small town in northern Poland. What the hell had happened here? How, how am I here? Uh, but also, I think. Going back to what you say, I think some of you might be at the point where you have to pick up, you know, what do you do next in terms of education. Don't be afraid and don't overthink that. I mean, go for the next thing. Life is going to lead you where you need to be. I mean, I'm an example. You're an example. We all are examples of that. Um, done lots of different things because there wasn't any jobs for me or I didn't think where to go next. But then somehow life got me over here and life got me into a place where I'm still creating. I'm doing my own thing by doing things every day, right? By being persistent, by following what I've got inside of me. And uh, struggles with depression, anxiety. I wasn't able to, I've, I've lost it. I think I had it, but I've, I've lost it somehow. I, I've forgotten about believing in myself. I've just forgotten and someone had to tell me, you know, friends had to tell me. Some people just had to tell me, hey, you're still there. Yeah. And, and then suddenly you see yourself through the eyes of, you know, of those people who love you and you kind of, Okay, yeah, 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 I am. But, you know, I'm, I'm meditating a lot. And the um, our master, meditation master, he's saying that each of us is their own treasure, their own microcosm. We are the destiny for ourselves. And hearing that from him made me suddenly stop and be silent and, and still. And that's 
That's who we are. We See are our she destiny. Said? Say that one again for Guys, them. you are it. You are your own destiny. And you are your own treasures. I got to agree. It comes down to that. Yeah, I understand that like, not everybody sometimes has the strength to come to that conclusion. But at the end of the day, that is what it is. Before I was a DZ on Rinse, I worked for Rinse. Right? I was uh, an assistant producer. But I wasn't getting paid at Rinse. To get money for food and travel, I was a football referee. Imagine that. Swear down. <laughs> on my life, on my life, yeah. I was running up and down. Foul. Swear down, use a ref. Foul. Yellow card. <laughs> I was actually doing that. I yeah. did not know he's a ref, Blake. And at that point, yeah, bear <laughs> in mind, I'm seven years deep in music. And I was thinking, is this actually going somewhere? A ref, you know, that was bro. the first time I doubted myself. But again, bringing it back to that point of persistence, you just got to snap out of it. And about a month later after that feeling, got a job at Rens. When, uh, when you decided, you made yeah. the decision that, yeah. yo, do you know what? Bun how it's been, it's going to be like this from now on. That's it. You got the choice to do that. Even if you don't feel strong enough to do it, just know that you have the choice to do it. And one day you're going to come to the point where it's like, yo, I'm going to be exactly who I'm saying I'm going to be. And then it's going to just happen. Hi again. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, we'll tell you later about our upcoming and free podcast making course so you could be creating one of these next month with us. Yeah, and backstage we caught up with the panellists. Tell us like what music you listened to growing up. Like what was the soundtrack of your youth and your childhood? So my dad is from New York, right? I was born in New York as well. My dad is born and raised in New York. So he kind of like pressed me to love hip hop, right? From early, like I didn't have no choice. Like I was into most Def, I was into Biggie, like I was into Big L, I was into that from early. And in high school days, I was into like my chemical romance, Queens of the Stone Age. My f- I've got a Queens of the Stone Age tattoo on my leg, right? I'm a, I was into it big. I was into Muse and Blur. And oh, I love a bit of Blur. Bro, who doesn't love a bit of Blur, man? <laughs> Come on, man. A bit of Blur. And then I grew out of... Dirtbag baby. Weren't we all a teenage dirtbag at one point? And then I suppose Grime just kind of took over at one point because it was just a sound that made sense to me. That was the music that sounded like London to me. And there was nothing else on the globe that sounded like London apart from Grime. My musical influence is broad, man. I just come from a family where we was listening to everything, man. So much different vibes, you name it. There's one I always mention, the Japanese jazz. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, yeah, we was going far with the music, seriously. Yeah, bro, I'll put you on. You know, you know Yakuta rhythm? Yeah. That's sampled from a Japanese jazz song. Yeah, blood. And um, anything that's got a good groove in it, some soul, because that's a universal thing, you feel me, blood? People make good music everywhere. And I like a lot of that Eastern music as well because they got certain instruments what we don't have in the West Side. You feel me? Yeah, strings are crazy. Nuts, blood. I grew up on 80 Cent. Um, the first group I ever remember listening to uh, is named Kraftwerk. That's how you, well, that's how you Brits pronounce it, but it's Kraftwerk because it's German. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the first electronic, like proper electronics, proper synth group. Like they, they made it and that sound stayed with me. I had through, obviously I had a terrible phase of, you know, like horrible 80s discos and lots of punk rock, um, Polish punk rock mainly. And weird thing as well, might not be, 
understandable. However, in Poland, hip hop when I was growing up was a big thing. So we had those groups that we called them blockers, people who grew up in blocks of flats. And I, I was at the same time writing poetry. And for me, rap, hip hop, grime, it's all about what novel is about. It's all about lyrics and about story and about saying the words. Those are modern poets. Now back to the stage, here's Shemzi. So I want to get into the process of not only creating it, but what you've done as an independent artist to get the album out there through whether it was, you know, getting it heard on radio, creating shows, even things like this, you know, because there are a lot of independent artists in here that are trying to go that way as well. So speak on your process. Fam, one day, yeah, one day I realized my album was done. <laughs> like, I make music every day, innit? And then I was just, I just called it, called my mom's my manager, I just called up to my mom. She was upstairs in her room. I said, yo, mom, my album's finished. I'm sitting down listening to the tunes, and I'm like, Rod, this is the album. Like, so I'm saying, but it's, how I make music is, I don't say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make an album, then boom, boom, boom. I just make music every single day. I'm a producer, so I produce all my instrumentals. I write my own bars, I record myself, I mix myself. I've just recently learned how to do mastering. But um, yeah, when I realized the album was done, I mixed it down, I was like, this mix slaps, but I know that I can make it slap even more. So big up my good friends from Abbey Road. <laughs> you know, I took some money out of my savings and I said, okay, cool, I'm, I'm gonna make sure that I get like three days in here. What, was it three days? It was like three and I got an extra one for free in it. Yeah, my guy, I shouldn't tell anyone that, but... Actually, do you want to know the real reason why I got that extra day? Because they said my mix was so good that they didn't... We didn't, didn't need to spend that work. day yeah. mixing. So I just had a spare day to just... So what was you doing, what was you doing to learn how to mix and get the balances right? YouTube, Tried was it error. books? Try the error. But was you reading books? Was no. it YouTube tutorials? No, none of that. I, I don't learn like that. Yeah. I find it very hard to learn that. Though. Okay. I couldn't technically break down how to do much, but I can produce very, very well. Then, up, like, I've been around for a long time, innit? I first started properly being about when I was like 16, 17. And um, when the album was coming out, I just thought, okay, cool. Who do I know? Who's safe? Who have I worked with? And I just hit up loads of people. And then I said, okay, cool. All right. I've hit up bare people. That's the basic thing that you can do when you're independent. But now I want to take this to another level. So I went to PRS. I was checking my brother, Bavesh. He works there. Well, he doesn't work there anymore, but he was working there at the time and he was um, like head of funding. So I said, Bav, what, what could be a good fund for an album? Let me apply for it. I know that I'll get it because the album is mad. I'm already established to the point where people know about me if you say my name. But I also want to... Um, just get into this funding world because I don't know about funding. So I went through that process. I got um, 15K from the Momentum Fund and I put a lot of that money to, to PR. Pause there quickly because I want to make sure people are taking notes of these key things he's saying. Funding, Momentum Fund, PRS, PR. All of that stuff is very important because when you're an independent artist, you still need to be collecting money and there is so much money out there if people today do not know about PRS, please make sure you do. Tell your friends that didn't come, sign up. PRS, PPL, is it MCPS? I think that's MCPS. another one. There's so much different so stuff, many. man. Yeah. On. Yeah. I want to turn it to the audience. I do want the audience to get involved and ask some questions. 
to my fellow panelists out there. So uh, ask anything as well. Anything. Anything. Like it don't anything. have to even pertain to music. How do you deal with like stagnancy or, or difficulty when it comes to like maneuvering in the music industry? Do you know what it is? Like I even if even if the public perceives something as stagnant, I don't because I know what's going on behind doors. Do you feel me? And like I said, every single day I'm doing something small. Like right now, I'm sitting on crazy music because in the whole time I ain't been releasing music, I've been creating music. So it might look stagnant, but it's not stagnant. And you've got to kind of determine that to yourself. Like, am I, am I being stagnant, no matter how it looks? Do you get me? It could even literally just be you're on YouTube studying. That's investment. It might not be monetary, but it's you're investing in your mind, in your knowledge. Do you get what I'm saying? All the time, that's the key thing. All the time you spend on doing what it is you want to do, you're not being stagnant, regardless of whether it's exactly what you want to be doing in that field. You feel me? From your stories, it sounds like family and community have paid, or like played a big part in where you are in your career now. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say to independent artists who are estranged from their families or whose families don't support them in their like, creative endeavors? I'll say pay attention to those who show you love and go where the love is, you feel me? Because you'll never go wrong doing that. I'm not talking about people with an agenda. I'm talking about people who just go out of their way for no reason to like show you that extra bit of love. Like Mark their name down on paper. Remember that they did that deed and keep moving with them forward and, and, and whoever does that because look at those people. Like Those are the doors that you, you can always keep walking through. And they're always going to open up for you. They're never going to shut the door on you because they have no agenda for you. Do you feel me? And, and more often than not, where that starts is in the home, but not for everybody. And um, there's people outside of my home, Dom, Mark, you know what I'm saying? Like, my guys, they, they, they've never had a reason to, like, want anything from me, but they've always shown me... Real family, yeah. Yeah, like, real family love and, and regard. And those are the people that you can't forget. Do you know what I'm saying? Some top shot guy with billions of dollars might come around and inquire about you, but he's not got the same heart as those people. Just go where the love is, man, and maintain those relationships. That's, that's a super good question as well. And, you know, when we mean, or when, we, when I say family, I don't mean, like, biological family. Like, those guys are my family. Um, and he, it's, that's what you, what you said is super important. Some, Quite often in life, you'll meet those people, and sometimes they will be on the train. Some of them might be sitting next to you here. You never know. They might be in the studio, random studio you go to. Who knows? They might be in the label or, or you know, at the shop you work. Like, you never know. But sometimes they say something or they do something which changes your whole life. You just need to keep your ears open and, and eyes open to notice them. And they are like milestones. Thank you to my fellow panelists. Thank you, everybody that got involved in the audience. magical. There were moments when I nearly cried or kind of couldn't get my words out. Yeah, it was really good. Interesting to hear like the panelists' backgrounds and their experiences. I don't think I've ever like actually explained like my journey to anyone before. You know? This is the first time? I think so, you know. But the referee one killed you. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like as novelist said, you can get up in the morning and you can decide, I want to do these three things and I'm going to do them. And that sense of accomplishment can then drive you to do the bigger things. I learned that um, everyone needs help. Sometimes it's yourself that needs to help yourself and sometimes you need to hear a good word from someone else. That's nice to know because everyone's got something to offer.
We hope you found this Violet Nights podcast on independent DIY culture as inspiring as we did. Hashtag Violet Nights or at Southbank Centre on socials if you want to get involved in the conversation. And don't forget, if you're between 18 and 25, you can apply for a spot on our free two-day podcast making course. If you love them and want to know how to make one, on this two-day course, you'll learn how to plan, make and share your own podcast by working on episodes of Violet Nights alongside us and a couple of pod experts. If that sounds cool, head to Southbank Centre's website or just search Southbank Violet Nights and we should pop up. It's free. Our next episode is on bald black girls as we ask how black women who shave their heads depicted in the media and greeted at the barbershop, featuring artist Rooster and more. Please subscribe and write us a review. We'd love to know what you think. This episode was produced by me, Sophia Kanmena, and me, Toby Alexandra Falade, and me, Roselle Jackson Stern, and me, Adam Asise, and me, Victoria Budgets, and me, Bolo Joseph, and me, Poppy Woods. This was mixed by Phil Brown and exec produced by Chris Genesis. Until then, bye. See ya.